You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. are going to go through battles. I always like to tell you that if you're in a battle right now, this too shall pass. You're in a time of rest right now, this too shall pass. There's battles to be fought still, but the Lord is victorious in all of them. The Lord is victorious. We can praise God that Jesus Christ has fought the main battle for our salvation. He fought the battle, he was victorious, and he rescued us from the judgment of God. It cannot be avoided. You will go through battles, but God will get you through them. Today, Pastor Dave needs you to understand that God is here to help you. He is a good, good father, and when you ask, you will receive. Please never lose hope, because as with all things, this too shall pass. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 20, as he continues his message, Walks in Faith and Victory. We have to participate as the Lord leaves. He has given us the victory, and we need to claim it, and we need to move towards it. You've heard me say before, I don't mind repeating myself, that our Christian walk is an oxymoron. It is an active rest. It is an active rest. When Paul was talking to the Corinthian church, when he was writing to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians In chapter 15, in verses 9 through 10, Paul says these things. Chapter 15, verses 9 through 10. For I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. You see what Paul was saying here? I trusted and rested in God because he was doing a work. Yeah, it looked like I was doing it. But he gets all the glory and praise for what he did. All I do is when people come up and go, good job. Thank you, Lord. He's the one. And that's what Paul was doing here. God gets the glory, gets credit. It's an active rest. There is something for us to do. Believing's hard enough, gang. Faith is difficult enough. But the Lord wants you to be involved in the battle. He wants to do a work in you, and he wants to do a work through you, so we need to submit totally by faith and believe. You know, as I looked at this, the one thing that came back to me is what James said. James said that faith without works is dead. He didn't say you need works to get saved. He he said that faith without works is dead. Show me somebody with great faith, and I guarantee I'll show you great works. Because faith is going to work itself out. Faith is demonstrated in our work. Their praise was the evidence of their faith. They were praising the Lord because they believed. 
They were singing hallelujah to the Lord because it was real to them. Their praise was evidence of their faith. When one really believes the words and the promises of God, you can't help to pray, but praise him. You can't help but to praise him when you believe those promises and they're real in your heart. You can't help to praise him even in the midst of dire circumstances because you know even the dire circumstances are working together for good. And you believe that and you move forward. The Lord said, go to battle. They went believing and the battle was already won because they walked in faith and victory. They walked in faith and they walked in victory. You know, I've been saying it all along that it sounds so much like Joshua. And I love the fact that the Lord is repeating this because in chapter one of the book of Joshua, in verse three, the Lord tells Joshua, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. Ladies and gentlemen, that is past tense. That means it's already been done. What Joshua had to do is go and claim it. He had to go and move in that direction to see the Lord and what the Lord was doing. He walked in faith. He was stepping into it. And he says the same thing, that no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I'm with Moses, I'll be with you. I won't leave nor forsake you. Listen to these words. Be strong and of good courage. For this people shall divide an inheritance of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you do and may observe to do all according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it day and night, that you observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong, be of good courage, do not be afraid, nor dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wow. He basically said the same thing to Jehoshaphat and the group from Judah. He said exactly the same thing. Jesus tells us, I will never leave nor forsake you. Jesus comes and he says, fear not, fear not. Every place you put your foot, I've given you. God has already given you a life that is full of victory, a glorious life. And what we have to do is we have to, by faith, accept it. Everything we have, we have by faith. Everything we have, we have by faith. Everything. Everything. Go in and claim the blessings of God, the promises of God. Don't fail to claim the blessings of God. Some of us struggle so needlessly. We struggle so needlessly because we haven't claimed the victory that God wants us to have. We, we struggle so needlessly in all our affairs and all our life things because we haven't claimed the victory that God wants us to have. We need to be like these people and know that the victory is ours. Victory is in our hands. We have it. He's given it to us. He's given us to us. Walk in faith and victory. They praised the Lord. And as they were praying, praising the Lord, the Lord set up ambushes along the way. The Lord starts the battle before they even get there. There's, there's an ambush, and what happens is they start killing each other. 
They're so confused as to what's going on, they start killing each other. Look at 22 to 23. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set up ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made the end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. They're fighting against themselves because of these ambushes. I love this. The Lord has such a sense of humor. He's taking these people, he's wiping them out. They start killing each other. They destroyed each other. So all of a sudden, here they come. They're worshiping the Lord. Holy is the Lord. They're coming down there. They're having a great time. I bet that the guys in the, in the army with their spears, they were doing the drums. They were keeping time with the drums. They were, you know, and you could hear them coming a mile away because they were singing, praising the Lord. This was great. And they go, this is going to be a great battle. I can't wait to see what the Lord's going to do. And they come up and like, what? Verse 24. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. The great multitude that shook Jehoshaphat, that made him fear, was gone. Completely wiped out by the hand of the Lord. And why should that surprise us? One angel wiped out 185,000 Assyrians in one night. So the Lord can do those things. They come up over the hill. They're excited. And all they find are dead bodies. But there is something left. And it's called the spoils. And God provides for Judah. He provides for Israel by all the spoils that's left for them to now come and take. And that's what they did in those days when they raided an army and when they killed people, they took the spoils. It was theirs to take. Look at 25 and 26. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil, they found among an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelries, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Berakah, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Berakah until this day. Berakah simply means blessing. Valley of blessing. The Lord had used all of this multitude and all the things they carried. Why they were carrying all these jewels and all these things with them to battle? I don't know. But the Lord used them and gave them to the nation Judah. They assembled together. They got this. And it's time to return. Look at 27. Then they returned, every man to Judah and Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat in front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments and harps and trumpets to the house of the Lord. And the fear of God, all right, so they, they came. They all came in. They were so excited about what the Lord had done. Now they got stringed instruments. They got all kinds of stuff. The band was coming together, folks. The band was coming together. And they're praising him. What a, what a great thing. I love it. Interesting. I wrote this. There is something missing here. 
Not one of them said, gee, look what we did. They all knew where it came from. They all knew where the victory came from. It came from the Lord. They all knew it. They all knew it and gave honor to him. They gave glory and honor, was given to the Lord, for he is worthy of glory and honor. Look at 28 and 29, oh, so 30, 28 to 30. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments and harps and trumpets in the house of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they had heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. I guess so. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing. All because they had faith. All because they believed God's promises. What does Jesus say? Come to me and I will give you rest. I will give you rest for your weary souls. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest for my souls. They had rest. They had rest from their work. They had rest from their trials. They had rest from their difficulties. They didn't have to worry about anybody coming to get them because there was nobody there. Very similar to what happened when they went into um, um, the promised land. Their fame spread. The victory was a warning to the neighboring nations, but it gave King Jehoshaphat and the kingdom rest. Became a pattern for Judah. Their invincible army of praise. It became a pattern for them. You have to be careful about making things a pattern. We've got to make sure that God is involved. Principle of God fighting on behalf of the people and the glory of trusting him before battle still remains to this day. We all are going to go through battles. I always like to tell you that if you're in a battle right now, this too shall pass. You're in a time of rest right now, this too shall pass. You, there's battles to be fought still, but the Lord is victorious in all of them. The Lord is victorious. We can praise God that Jesus Christ has fought the main battle for our salvation. He fought the battle, he was victorious, and he rescued us from the judgment of God. This makes us more than conquerors because he fights our battles, he defeated our foe, and we get to share in his spoils. Mark's been going through that through Ephesians 1 and 2. We get to share in the spoils of God, an inheritance, all those things that are listed in Ephesians 1, all those beautiful, beautiful things. When we come to the end of the chapter, I'm just going to read through and then we'll finish up here. We come to the end of King Jehoshaphat. I'm going to miss this guy. I like him. So Jehoshaphat was king over Judah. He was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned 25 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Azula, uh, 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 Azuba, the daughter of Shilhai. And he walked in the way of his father Asa and did not turn aside from it, doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. Nevertheless, the high places were not taken away, for as yet the people had not directed their hearts to God, of the, to the God of their fathers. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoshaphat, first and last, indeed, they are written in the book of Jehu, the son of Hanai, which is mentioned in the book of the kings of Israel. After this, Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, allied himself with Azahiah, king of Israel, who acted very wickedly. Come on, Joe, you're doing and he allied himself with him to make ships to go to Tarshish, and they made the ships in Ezra-Geba. But Eliezer, the son of Do, Do, was that there? Dodava of Marisha, 
prophesied against Jehoshaphat saying, because you have allied yourself with Ahaziah, and the Lord has destroyed your works. Then the ships were wrecked so that they were not able to go to Tarshish. So King Jehoshaphat, once again, starts to get on a little uneven ground. You know, it happens to all of us. It happens to all of us. He has this plan. He wants to build a navy. He wants to build a navy for the Lord, I guess. So he allies himself with this another wicked king, Azahiah. And it ends in disaster because the ships are wrecked and the Lord destroys the work. Notice, one thing I want to say before we leave is that the Lord destroyed the king's work. This might seem cruel. Oh, well, the king was trying to get an army together. The king you know, was trying to do this and the Lord destroyed his work. Why that? Well, he wanted to protect the king from another ungodly alliance. And it would hurt him. But you know, sometimes the Lord destroys our work to protect us. Sometimes he destroys the work that you might be doing to protect you. You don't know why he did it. And sometimes you might even get a little feather ruffled after he's done it. But he does do it. Sometimes we move ahead of him. And he wants us to slow down to get our attention. So he'll make something happen. But he always has your best interest at heart. Let me repeat that. The Lord always has your best interest at heart. I told you the story of a, of a Bible study I had in Upper Township for an entire year. We went through the book of Genesis, chapter on chapter on chapter. 50 weeks, we went through every single chapter of Genesis. The Bible study was drawing on a Sunday night, no less than about 40 people. Kenny Brusak was there. No less than 40 people on a Sunday night. I was like, whoa, you're going, this is great. We're going to, this is going to be the beginning of a church. This is going to happen. This was in Upper Township. We even called it Calvary Chapel Upper Township Fellowship. We knew that the Lord was doing something mighty there. 40 people on a Sunday night for a Bible study crammed into this house. What a great time we had. And I used to say, Lord, this is your study. You can do whatever you want with it. I never thought he'd close it. <laughs> I never thought he'd shut it down. Whoa, I was upset. I really was. We had a, some fight. I was upset. Couldn't believe he could close that Bible study. But he had better things in store. He had other things in store. Had that study been going, who knows how long it would have lasted, I'd have not been available to come down here. This was his plan. This is what he wanted to do. So although it hurt me when it happened, I got over it and knew that he was still in charge. He was God. And I accepted it. But I struggled for a while. I have to admit, I struggled for a while. But he had this in mind for me coming here to Calvary Chapel, Cape May. It was his choice. So when he closes that door, know that he opens another one. And know that once he closes the door, no man can open it. But when he opens the door, no man can shut it. And know that. What he wants you to do is be available, be pliable in his hand. Blessed are the flexible, for they shall not break. The Lord wants to do a mighty work in you. And we don't know what that work is eventually going to end up being. 
I can guarantee it's going to be good because that's what the Lord of God tells us. And the Lord wants to do those things at our heart, and he wants to use us. And I see great things for Calvary Chapel Cape May on the horizon. I'm really excited about the discipleship class and where it's going. I'm excited about what we have planned at the end and what we see the Lord going to do. It's an exciting time. We have new ministries popping up. We have other things in the works. Summertime's coming. People are coming down. It's an exciting time. And even better than that, people, the Lord is coming back. Soon and very soon. Amen. And that's exciting. As we go through the book of Revelation, it's exciting. It's an exciting time. So I see this, and I think we have to be careful when we take ownership of something and the Lord takes it from us, and we're like, wait a minute, that's mine. No, everything belongs to God anyhow. It's all his. And his plan is greater. His ways are greater than my ways. His thoughts are better than my thoughts. And in the long run, I know you guys do, and I do too. We want what the Lord wants for us. Because when we discover that, it's glorious, guys. It's fantastic, and it's glorious, and it's a great thing. But we're to sit at his feet and remember him. We're to sit at his feet and not be troubled, not be worried, because he has our best interest in heart. So that's what I see happening here. So he destroyed Israel's navy. (laughs) He took them down at this time, because it wasn't his will, it wasn't his plan, and he was protecting Israel from another bad alliance, another bad compromise. So, so it doesn't protect them too long, because as we get ready to go into next chapter, we see Jehoram, and he's horrible. He's not a very good king. So read ahead, chapter 21, not a lot of verses, Only 20 verses in that. So as we make our way through this book, exciting times, we've got about 16 more chapters to go in the book of 2 Chronicles. So let me lead you with this. I wrote it down. I want to read it. It was on my heart. Let's put our faith into action and let us receive the victory from Christ. Let us receive that faith. Let's walk in faith and victory. For the Lord thy God is with us. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for this time we had in your word. Thank you, Lord, for opening up your word to us and and showing us these great wonders. We thank you, Lord, that for men like Jehoshaphat, who, who sought you with their whole heart, that you guided and led, Lord, through their time, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for the nation who was behind him and who wanted to seek you with their whole heart, Father God. We thank you for protecting them, and we thank you for your mighty works of your hand. We thank you, Lord, that this whole example of having faith was played out before us, Father God, that we have the victory, the victory that was already won on the cross. A complete victory. It wasn't partial victory. It was a complete victory over sin, It was a complete victory over devil. It was complete victory. But Lord, you didn't stop there because then you gave us victory over the grave, Father God, by the resurrection, Lord, knowing that we have a glorious hope in Jesus Christ and knowing that we will be with you one day. So Lord, thank you for this time. We thank you, Lord, for all you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Chronicles is the ongoing account of the kings of Israel and then Judah. Here on Assure Hope, Pastor Dave has been teaching through this book, giving you a good awareness of the things that happened during this time. He started with King Solomon's reign, and you quickly see how when things are managed by mere men, it starts to devolve into selfish wants and desires. 
This is the way of the world, isn't it? But in contrast to that, you get a glimpse into a few kings who really sought after the Lord and tried to honor him with their kingly reign. Being human, there's always that tension between what you want and how it gives you that esteem versus doing what honors God and gives him glory. It can be easy to look at some of the examples of these kings and quickly start to look down on them. But if you were faced with that same culture and situations, would you do any differently? To know that a few of these men stood up against the crowd is striking. They decided to be countercultural and chose to honor God above all. Wouldn't it be great for God to say the same about you? We're so glad you decided to join us today. This series in the book of 2 Chronicles is one that you'll want to keep tuning into. One teaching connects to the next and helps give you the context of the book as a whole. If you'd like to hear today's message again or you missed one and want to go back to it, head over to AsureHopeRadio.com. We're out of time for today, but we're excited for you to join us again. Never forget that because of God, you have a sure hope.